You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our Judicial Watch update here on social media. Thanks for joining us. A big week this week. The constitutional crisis continues with the latest deep state coup attack against President Trump, all designed, as you know, to cover up the corruption of the prior administration, in this case, notably Joe Biden and his son Hunter. I've got all the news there and how Judicial Watch is stepping up to the plate to uncover the corruption behind this new deep state attack that endangers our constitutional republic. Plus, we have even more information showing the coup attempt against President Trump, confirming an effort to wear a wire targeting him in the Oval Office. Just incredible information. Again, thanks uncovered, uh, uncovered thanks to Judicial Watch. Plus, Hillary Clinton is back in court again. She responded to our request to depose her. As you might guess, she opposes it. I'll talk a little bit about that. But first up is the latest uh, iteration of the coup. I don't want to call it impeachment because impeachment uh, implies a constitutional lawful process to remove a corrupt government official from power. In the case of the Democratic House, they have concocted a pretext to target the president with a pretend impeachment uh, that has no basis, no good faith basis, and hasn't even been endorsed uh, by the full House as required by the, home, the House's own rules. And so when you're in involved in uh, abusing your power to remove a duly elected public official, in my view, that's a coup. So you can't uh, give them the credence or the constitutional cover of a impeachment when talking about the latest attacks on President Trump. It's a coup. And what is it over? As I discussed last week, they've made the allegation using uh, what is now known to be uh, partisan sources against President Trump, that he did something improper in communicating with the leader of Ukraine in requesting and demanding and asking about an investigation of the corruption that had targeted him and protected others, namely Joe Biden, uh, in a phone call he made this summer. So the, all of Washington was a titter about that. Uh, so President Trump released a transcript of his call, transcripts which typically are kept confidential and classified because uh, the communications between uh, the President of the United States and foreign leaders are supposed to be private communications. And when your, when your communication with the President of the United States is transcribed for all the world to see, it obviously harms our ability to conduct foreign policy. But the President thought uh, that risk to foreign policy and our national security was worth answering the questions attacking uh, him by releasing it. Also released uh, was the uh, uh, so-called whistleblower complaint that really isn't a whistleblower complaint, complaint uh, targeting President Trump. And it shows not only was nothing done wrong, but the president is being smeared and victimized once again by the coup cabal that's been targeting him since before he was even elected president. Uh, the uh, the transcript, I've reviewed the transcript, and I encourage you to read the transcript. You'll see the president was not doing anything inappropriate. He was talking about the issue of crowd strike, which is the uh, issue where you uh, had the Democratic National Committee hire a, their own firm to analyze how and if their uh, servers were hacked. And that became the official analysis of uh, the alleged Russia hacking of the Democratic National Committee. There was no independent government analysis there. They just accepted that 
Democratic National Committee report. They didn't even have access to the servers. The FBI didn't. And in fact, Mueller also accepted that CrowdStrike crowd report. So the concern is, where is the server? So he's wondering if it's in Ukraine. And the president of Ukraine raises issues uh, that uh, the president is right to be concerned about uh, related to the firing of um, uh, or the, his, his ambassadors or his country's ambassador collaboration with the Democratic National Committee uh, to get dirt on President Trump during the campaign. This is the issue that the Ukraine or the, the, that needs to be investigated by the Ukrainians, in, in my view, co in concert with our Justice Department, which is the illegal um, targeting of President Trump and whether Ukraine was pressured by the Obama administration to release dirt on Paul Manafort, uh, then uh, the campaign manager for the Trump campaign. Whether the Democratic National Committee worked with the Ukrainian embassy to try to get dirt on Manafort and whether that dirt was, uh, in a, uh, how that dirt was released to them. What's the detail there? And then of course you've got Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden. His son Hunter, uh, in 2014, gets a cushy sweetheart board position on a company that is self-evidently corrupt, subject to investigations not only in Ukraine, but in the United Kingdom. He gets $50,000 a month. And the prosecutor that had been investigating in that company is fired in 2016, specifically after Joe Biden threatens the government with withholding a billion dollars in aid. Biden admitted to this on a, on a video. So the president's right to raise questions about it. Not only was the Ukrainian call appropriate, he should be calling other countries involved in the conspiracy against him with the Obama administration. The United Kingdom, Italy, China, uh, well, I don't know about China. Uh, the United Kingdom, Italy, Germany, perhaps, Australia. This is what's happening, folks. The president was demanding and circling around an investigation of potential criminal activity by key leaders of the Democratic Party and the Obama administration. And surprise, surprise, once again, they pull out of their hat a smear of him for even asking the questions. The Democrats want to criminalize any questioning of their conduct. And they're seeking improperly to remove the president based on nothing. I've reviewed the whistleblower report, who it's pretty clear had a partisan um, agenda against President Trump. The Justice Department found in Disha that he was a supporter of his, one of his opponents in the Democratic primary. And you look at the report, it's written like the FISA warrants. Frankly, it looks like it was written by Adam Schiff. It's secondhand accounts of this phone call that are misleadingly, that is misleadingly characterized, and then it quotes a bunch of newspaper articles. I tell you what, if Judicial Watch came up with a work product like that, I wouldn't let it go out the door. So no wonder the Justice Department shut it down and said this is garbage. The idea that anyone would think that the president asking a foreign government to investigate a matter of mutual concerns to both government would be the solicitation of a campaign contribution, it's absurd. 
every communication then would be the solicitation of a campaign contribution for an incumbent president seeking re-election. Anything they would do to help uh, U.S. foreign policy would be in that regard. They don't want the president to be president. They tried to destroy him to distract from Hillary Clinton's criminality or email misconduct. Now we know it was also to protect Biden. Do you think it's any coincidence that has stories about Biden start percolating? They come up with this Ukraine garbage. This call, by the way, took place in July. This whistleblower has no firsthand knowledge. In fact, the knowledge he has may have been improperly obtained. Whoever, quote, was talking to him about the phone call, this was classified. Further misuse of classified information to have falsely attacked the president and undermining his presidency. I've called it before, and I'll call it once again, a malicious, seditious conspiracy against the president of the United States and our constitutional republic. And it's being furthered by Democrats on the Hill, whose political party operation is also implicated in this criminal enterprise. Because remember, the Democratic National Committee was also paying the spy masters, the spy ring against President Trump and coordinating with the Obama administration on targeting him and taking illicitly classified information from the State Department. We proved the documents. We've got the documents. We proved it, showing they were shoveling classified information to their friends on the Hill. Where's the cover-up? He released all the information. And of course, there's always more information that needs to be released as far as they're concerned. It's all a distraction from the underlying corruption that Joe Biden essentially admitted to in that famous video I hope you've seen by now. Where he said, I want that prosecutor fired. If he's not fired within six hours, you're not going to get your billion dollars in aid. And they fired him. And he took credit for, for that. Then John Solomon is, uh, was on Hannity this week reporting that he has documents from the Biden uh, operation showing it it's exactly what we think it is. A setup, a, a, a Biden setup to target and remove a prosecutor who was a problem for his son. The president is under attack. I mean, he is meeting with foreign leaders in the United Nations, trying to do the job we elected him to do, and he's being subverted in the Middle East, the, the sensitive meeting, by this fraudulent whistleblower uh, complaint. It's not a whistleblower complaint. This person isn't a whistleblower. A whistleblower is someone who witnesses misconduct and blows the whistle on it. It's not someone who says, I have a policy disagreement with the President of the United States, as rumored by people I've talked to who were improperly conveying the substance of classified information, which would be a crime. I want to know who this whistleblower is and that they should be investigated because he ain't a whistleblower. And I don't know what the, uh, and I, I tell you what, isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that this material was released as quickly as it was? Classified material almost immediately declassified that transcript. And of course, the whistleblower complaint typically, which would be confidential, almost immediately uh, released. 
And I'm glad to see all the Republicans were in favor of immediately releasing this material. Where's the other deep state material that's being withheld for years? The Spygate documents that we've been fighting about, the Peter Strzok, Lisa Page documents, the Hillary records, you name it. Isn't it interesting how the deep state is so quick to release information and the president's encouraged to release information that his opponents may use against them? And I understand why they want it out there. It's government information. Right to, they have a right to fight for it. But when we ask for the same information about corruption, the biggest corruption scandal in American history, the real corruption, no one wants it. Not even the Republicans on the Hill. They've done zero to get it out. Maybe a little bit more than zero. But it's Judicial Watch who's doing all this heavy lifting on this. It's outrageous. We're happy to do it. We're happy to do it. But it's outrageous that Congress is out to lunch on this basic oversight related to this assault on our president. And this is not about whether I agree with the president's policies or not, or whether you like him personally or not. This is about whether or not we're going to have a president who's answerable to the people through elections and through the constitutional balancing, uh, checks and balances, separation of powers and all of that, or whether we're going to have a president who can be removed from office through the illegal machinations of bureaucrats, appointees, and in the case of the uh, Congress, affecting, uh, further affecting the coup operation that was uh, begun against him, initiated by the Obama administration, continued by holdovers in the Trump administration, and frankly, some of his own appointees. I kind of think that's an important issue, don't you? Instead, we're talking about an innocent call he made to the Ukraine. I'm glad to see he made the call, it's reassuring. And the Justice Department, is, and I guess in the call he said, you know, maybe the, the leader of the Ukraine said, well, I'll talk to Giuliani. I understand he talked to one of our people. And the president said, that's great, you should talk to him. And I'll have Barr call you. Well, DOJ never called them. They should have. I'd like to see the transcripts, for instance. I, I just love all this, uh, all this uh, tra newfound transparency for transcripts of presidential calls. We fought this administration for the transcripts of calls Obama had the night shortly after the Benghazi attacks. Because the transcripts, that classified information was in Hillary's email system. And they said, no, you can't have it, it's classified. So they protect Obama while targeting Trump. And uh, this Adam Schiff, who is, I think, running this operation, is about as independent from the whistleblower, I guarantee you, if a full investigation is done, as uh, Joe Biden is independent from his son. With this whistleblower complaint, reads like one of these fraudulent FISA warrants. False information, and then stories based on that information to suggest criminal conduct falsely by the president. Unbelievable. 
And Judicial Watch has been in the forefront of trying to uncover this plot against him, which is a plot against us, the American people, and uncovering the real corruption that these plots are designed to protect because they were targeting Trump during 2016 to protect Hillary Clinton, and they're targeting Trump right now to protect Joe Biden. And they want to freeze the Justice Department, as they did under the Mueller investigation from going after Hillary Clinton. Remember, she, she got, she's largely been exempted from any scrutiny because Mueller was running the show at the Justice Department. And now they want to make it impossible to investigate the Biden scandal. Well, you know what? Judicial Watch isn't going to be cowed. We just filed a new lawsuit against the State Department over the firing of the Ukraine Biden prosecutor that's in the news now that the president asked about. How dare the president ask about that corruption? I'm glad the president's asking about corruption scandals. We asked for the documents in May. No answers. Simple request. They know what we're asking for. The scandal's been out there for several months, longer than that, frankly. And so we've had to sue in federal court. I just hope they give us the documents as quickly as they released this transcript. And by the way, I, I just hope there's some transparency in Congress. If I were the president, I would push back on Congress. Do you know that Congress is not subject to the Freedom of Information Act? I've said it before. It's worth saying again. So Adam Schiff, you can't ask any questions of Adam Schiff. You can't ask any questions of Nancy Pelosi, Jerry Nadler, or if you're a Democrat, Andy McCarthy or Mitch McConnell. Judicial Watch is nonpartisan. We have lots of questions for members of both parties if FOIA applied to Congress. As I've said repeatedly, and Judicial Watch has the documents, Congress is implicated in all of these scandals attacking President Trump, the kookaball. And the president, I think, should call on Congress to be covered by FOIA. And if it ever becomes a real, quote, impeachment inquiry, he should be calling members of Congress, demanding information from Congress. And push back in that regard. Congress can't be immune from scrutiny anymore. It's not constitutional that it's immune from scrutiny. It doesn't mean that it's protected from any questioning about its operations. That can't be the case. It isn't the case. So we've got a, and, and, and we have at least uh, a dozen requests pending on the Biden scandals. Hunter getting $50,000 a month from this corrupt Ukrainian company, a, million, a billion and a half dollars from the Chinese. First time any type of investment like that has been made by the Chinese company in anyone, and uh, in any company like that. A billion and a half. And Biden meets with Hunter's business partner when he travels to Beijing. Unbelievable corruption. I'll tell you, this is a test for the Democratic Party. Because 
You've got Biden's corruption that is uninvestigated. And are they just willing to protect him no matter what he does? You've got the Obama administration misusing its powers to target its political opponents. They weren't just saying, hey, we should investigate this general, this scandal generally. They were looking for dirt and, and running a spy operation, not only using domestic intelligence sources, but they were working with foreign governments to spy on the Trump team. And then the news reports are, and I've noticed them, that the Democrats were threatening the Ukrainians with a cutoff of aid effectively if they were investigating the Biden. Are they going to be under investigation? Maybe we can impeach them, expel them. I tell you what, when we talk about impeachment, another thing you should think about is that you can impeach Trump, I mean Obama, you can impeach Clinton, you can impeach Biden. There's no constitutional prohibition on impeaching a former government official. Obviously, the sanction would not be removal from office, would be a sanction of no, uh, an inability to become a, a, a government official in the future. There's got to be strong, significant pushback against this effort to undo our election. These leftists are having visions of installing Hillary, uh, not Hillary, well, I guess Hillary Clinton, <laughs> too, but Nancy Pelosi into the presidency through this impeachment process. That's not even really an impeachment process. As I said, it's a coup. So we take it seriously. And if I were Senator Mitch McConnell, and I encourage you, and I think this is a good project for those of you watching, Call your senators and ask them to disavow the notion that President Trump can be impeached for this and to say there'll be no trial. Mitch McConnell should be, said, be encouraged to say there'll be no trial. Let your views be known on this. Call your members of Congress, both Democrat and Republican, and let your views be known on this. This is a serious issue, folks. I've been trying to call attention to it. The other side will not stop. The deep state will not stop. I've said it once and I'll say it again. President Trump is the whistleblower in chief and he is being retaliated against for blowing the whistle on the corruption of the prior administration, the corruption generally of the deep state. No president in recent memory has talked about corruption of those uh, who in a fair way and an accurate way as President Trump has. Usually Republicans get elected and they just ignore anything that happened before them. They don't want to go over it again. President Trump has said this is wrong. This corruption is wrong. And they, want to, and they want to go after him as a result. He's the whistleblower. And just when you think it doesn't get any worse, we get this big document it's given to us on Friday at 5.37 p.m. of last week. So a Friday dump. We had sued for records to the Justice, from the Justice Department about that coup discussion that took place between Andrew McCabe and um, Rod Rosenstein 
Rosenstein of the Justice Department where they talked about wearing wire on the president, invoking the 25th Amendment to remove him from office and appointing a special counsel. All part of the coup. Rosenstein said he, didn't, he was only being sarcastic. And we have the documents from the Justice Department through this lawsuit, again a lawsuit, not voluntarily disgorged to us, confirming essentially that Rosenstein uh, did make this discussion. He says it was sarcastic and they had an anonymous source tell the newspapers, the New York Times, that it was sarcastic, but he's never really gone on the record as to what happened. And he had a cagey response about the 25th Amendment discussion, which left open the possibility and essentially confirming the possibility <coughs> that he discussed using the, misusing the 25th Amendment to remove the President of the United States. Well, then we get another document, and this document is a memo written by Andrew McCabe. In many ways, not a reliable witness, but according to the document, it was a contemporaneous recordation written shortly after the meeting that took place on May 16th, 2017, in which the coup was discussed. They didn't call it a coup, but that's what it was. If two generals were meeting, talking about removing the president and wearing a wire on the president in order to justify removing him, you'd call it a coup, wouldn't you? Well, that's what two senior officials in the law enforcement, the acting FBI director, Andrew McCabe at the time, senior guy, most senior guy in the FBI, acting attorney general for the purposes of the discussion, Rod Rosenstein. Listen to this out of control contemporaneous recollection of the main topics they discussed. This is McCabe writing. I began by telling him, Rosenstein, they went over to Rosenstein's office, <coughs> Rosenstein, I forget how it's pronounced. I began by telling him that today I approved the opening of an investigation of President Donald Trump. I explained that the purpose of the investigation was to investigate allegations of possible collusion between the president and the Russian government, possible obstruction of justice related to the firing FBI Director James Comey, and possible conspiracy to obstruct justice. The DAG question, the DAG being the Deputy Attorney General, Rosenstein, questioned what I, would met, what I meant by collusion, and I explained that I was referring to the investigation of any potential links between the Trump campaign and the Russian government. I explained that counterintelligence, that, a, that counterintelligence investigations of this sort were meant to uncover any, ex, any uh, existence of any threat to national security as well as, any, as whether or not criminal conduct has occurred. What was the basis for all of this? Counterintelligence investigations are designed to investigate intelligence, foreign governments. You can't use them to do a criminal investigation. And he goes on to say that he was basing this on an interview that Trump had with Lester Holt about the firing of Comey and the memos that Comey illegally kept at his home. He didn't say they were illegally kept, but these are the spy memos that Comey wrote on the president. Comey had them. Why didn't he conduct a criminal investigation of President Trump? Because he knew the memos didn't justify a criminal investigation of President Trump. And they're ticked that their buddy Comey was fired and they're talking about investigating him in retaliation. Again, whistleblower and treef. 
in the Lester Holt interview, the NBC's in the Lester Holt interview, they use that all the time in a dishonest way against President Trump because the way the, the and I'm going on memory here, but you can look it up online. Because President Trump says, well, I fired Comey because of Russia. Well, he says, A, it was in part because of Russia. And B, he goes on to say, even though I knew it might extend the investigation. He wasn't doing it to obstruct and stop the investigation. He was doing it because he was offended by the way Comey was operating and didn't trust him. And rightly so, it looks like. He wanted it stopped. It wasn't stopped. And he knew it wasn't going to be stopped. He, he tells Lester Holt, I knew it would lengthen the investigation because of the change in FBI directors. There's no basis for a criminal investigation. Uh, to have the acting FBI director just decide he can investigate the president and a whole, uh, based on that? And then he goes on to tell Rosenstein, you're a witness. Like he's running the show. And of course, Rosenstein, rather than responding, saying, get out of my office, you're fired, you can't do this, he starts dissing on Trump. Going through this old, old, um, he began by stating, this is Rosenstein talking, that he had the feeling the decision to fire the director had been made before he arrived. So what? You fire people, there are many reasons you fire people. You may settle on a, a course and you want further feedback as you proceed. Nothing inappropriate about that, but they think they're immune from scrutiny and accountability in the deep state. And he met with Donald McCann, who told him that the president had drafted a letter that McCann did not want the president to send. Oh boy, you know, the president once again, who answers to who? The White House lawyers, the DOJ attorneys, the president's supposed to answer to them? And he talks about how the president then directed Rosenstein to write a memo explaining the reasoning for Director Comey's termination and that the DAG should include Russia. Rosenstein said that the president, that he did not think this was a good idea and that his memo did not need to include Russia. So the allegation is that the president was firing Comey to shut down the Russian investigation when in fact, and, and in, a, in an improper way, when in fact the president wanted the world to know, yeah, he was screwing up on Russia. And the reason it wasn't in the Rosenstein memo that was ultimately written was because the Justice Department decided they didn't want to put it in there. And then listen to this. As our conversation continued, this is the conversation that Rosenstein's having with uh, McCabe. The DAG proposed that he could potentially wear a recording device into the Oval Office to, correct, to collect additional evidence of the president's true intentions. He said he thought this, was, this might be possible because he had not searched he th excuse me. He said he thought this might be possible because he was not searched when he entered the White House. I told him that would, 
I would discuss the opportunity with my investigative team and get back to him. Now, I understand uh, McCabe is writing a CYA memo in some fashion here, but why would he respond if this is accurate? To McKay, uh, Rosenstein suggesting wearing a, a wire with an offer to do follow-up with his investigators if he understood him to be joking. And then they talked about the appointment of a special counsel. They already had two people lined up, Rosenstein did. Obviously, one of them was Mueller. Lots of redactions. So I'm sure this is the 25th Amendment discussion that the FBI is withholding from us. And then later, Rosenstein says to McCabe, at the, uh, McCabe recounts at the end of the memo, you got a credibility problem because you said you weren't involved in your wife's campaign. Remember McCabe's wife was running for a state Senate seat in Virginia? gets a boatload of money from a Clinton-connected Terry McAuliffe, then governor of Virginia, while McCabe is, quote, supposedly the FBI is investigating McAuliffe and the Clintons. And Rosalind says, well, you know, you told us you weren't involved in the campaign. There are pictures of you with your, your wife's campaign shirt on. And McCabe, and McCabe goes, oh, no, I had permission. It's not a problem. So what I love about this, media, this memo is the kind of the subtext. The subtext is McCabe runs over the Rosenstein and says, you know what, I'm investigating the president and you're a witness. And Rosenstein folds immediately and starts providing, quote, testimony to McCabe. Offers to wear a wire on the president. They probably go on to discuss the 25th Amendment. It's pretty clear that took place. We have the other documents and their other reporting on it. And then Rosenstein figures out, I'm going to push back on McCabe. You've got a credibility problem. And McCabe says, oh, yeah, well, I'm okay on that. Talk about rats in a box, huh? Two senior leaders of our law enforcement discussing wearing a wire on the president of the United States because they didn't like his decision-making to fire the corrupt crony of an FBI director, their buddy James Comey. And what are we talking about? a call he made to Ukraine to investigate the same gang that was protecting Biden and targeting him. This is why they don't want you to focus on it, because this is the corruption, the spygate corruption. You know, this is a big deal. None of the major media picked it up. None of the major media picked it up. because they're protecting the Kukabal targeting Trump, because they're in on it too. The initial reporting on this uh, whistleblower was ridiculously false. And they don't care, there's no accountability. The Judicial Watch is a more independent, reliable reporter of uh, details of the deep state, the way our government really operates in Washington, D.C., than the New York Times, the Washington Post, NBC, you name it. We do real journalism. 
those group, those, those media I just talked to you about are liberal advocacy groups that sometimes do journalism, mostly report gossip, and are vehicles for government officials to undermine our republic through criminal activity. Criminal leaks, classified information, the leaks of classified information. I tell you, I thank God for Judicial Watch because we're the only ones in town doing this key work to uncover what's really going on and giving you the truth about what's really going on. And to that end, the Clinton email scandal is still in court, despite what the big media would have you believe. You know, it's interesting. The left is going around the country, and has been for several years now, tearing down the statues, statues of um, politicians from the 1800s over the Civil War. They were on the wrong side in the Civil War, were slaveholders and such. And, you know, they're, they're persuading people to tear down those statues in communities. But we're not allowed to ask questions about what Hillary Clinton did three years ago. That's the way the deep state thinks. And uh, thankfully, a federal court agrees with Judicial Watch that there are questions that need to be answered. And he granted us the ability to get discovery, both uh, initially in de December of last year, and then when we found even more questions about the Hillary Clinton email cover-up, he granted us the ability to get even more discovery. And more witnesses have come in. We already began deposing another. We, we deposed at least one witness, I think, last week. And he also gave Hillary Clinton 30 days to respond to our request to depose her. And she responded on Monday. She needs to say, needless to say, she opposes our request to depose her, citing her testimony to Congress, her testimony to Judicial Watch in written interrogatory responses under oath, testimony which doesn't provide much insight, if at all, into her mishandling of her emails, her, uh, her use of an account, a uh, separate email system to avoid the Freedom of Information Act that's clear, and other issues the court wants investigated. So we have a chance to respond, and then the court will decide, and I expect the court will decide over the next few months. And we're doing this over the opposition of the Justice Department. Yeah, you heard that right. Bill Barr's Justice Department is protecting Hillary Clinton still. Can you believe it? It's, uh, it's extremely frustrating. It doesn't stop us from you know, pushing forward because the Justice Department is losing in court against us in their efforts to protect Hillary Clinton and the full disclosure of the scandal and cover-up that not only was she involved in, but officials in the State Department and Justice Department and the Obama White House, we've proved, were involved in. Everything we know about the Clinton email scandal is as a result of Judicial Watch's litigation. Everything you know. The consequence of our litigation, the most significant non-governmental investigation in American history, is that Hillary Clinton is not president of the United States. So I complain about the lack of Justice Department help and the protection the Justice Department and the FBI provided Hillary Clinton corruptly and still, in my view, do today. 
But what are, uh, we still are achieving these historic results despite these overwhelming odds against us. I like this, you know, I know sometimes it's thought of as a David and Goliath, David versus Goliath. Well, Judicial Watch is Goliath. It's Goliath versus Goliath, as far as I'm concerned, because we represent the American people and the rule of law. And, it's, and that's a pretty strong backing against the corrupt deep state that dishonestly opposes our efforts to get the truth. The court also uh, allowed us, because uh, there was this memo written by her attorneys who deleted those emails. Remember, she stole the 60,000 emails that she created as a State Department official. And once it was found out, she only returned half of them and tried to delete or destroy or hide the rest of them. And the lawyer involved in that, we found through deposition to testimony, we deposed her, who, the, the, the lawyer who was involved in destroying those emails for her. And she got immunity from the Justice Department. But she also admitted to us that she wrote a memo describing her review of the emails, how she figured out what was uh, personal versus so-called government emails. We know the emails that she destroyed, was some of those were classified because the FBI found them and gave them to us. So there's this memo about the review and the deletion of her emails, and the court said Judicial Watch has the right to seek it. And you know what Hillary Clinton's lawyers did? They filed a brief on Monday along with their opposition saying we shouldn't get any of that memo. So we're going to have to fight that with no help from the Justice Department and the State Department. But we have not forgotten about the Clinton email scandal. We think it's important. She's still a significant public figure, and it's important that justice be brought to bear. And plus, it's the simple issue is that we're investigating this lawsuit is the Benghazi lawsuit about what, who knew what and when about the lies about Benghazi. And we have a right to the documents under the law. So it's really simple in the sense that we're trying to find out where all our emails are because the law requires it. So we're doing great work there. And um, I'm sure you share my frustration, but you know what's great? We've got Judicial Watch. And it isn't just yelling at the sky. We're in court. We're asking for the documents. And we're not going away. And we do that thanks to your support. Uh, we can't do it without you. And uh, you stand with us. You help us uh, uh, obviously pay our lawyers and pay the overhead here. And just we wouldn't be an organization without our supporters. And uh, I encourage you to support our work. Uh, if you're not already doing so, you should. Uh, if you are doing so, thank you. And feel free to give us additional support. And as importantly, Share videos like this. The information that we have on our internet site, this document. I want you to go and, another project, go and read this McCabe memo. Go and read some of the Clinton emails I've told you about. And the transcripts of the depositions that we've taken. It's interesting stuff. And share it with your friends. Get the word out about our efforts to keep this out of control government under control at least as it relates to the rule of law. Because we can't have enough support in our efforts to protect our constitutional republic. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next week here on the Judicial Watch Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.